Welcome to the Billboard Podcast, a safe space where personal growth meets self-love and spirituality. In here, we hold conscious and sometimes controversial conversations between open-minded souls as we believe in the power of sharing wisdom while remaining a curious student of life. I'm your host, Antoine Billboard, conscious content creator, spiritual influencer, and trauma-informed breathwork facilitator. In these episodes, I will open up about my own healing journey and how we can all contribute to the creation of a better world by raising human consciousness. Let's awaken the matrix within the matrix. Ladies, gentlemen, and gorgeous souls of this universe, please welcome the amazing, the talented, and the fascinating Nick Zai. Nick Zai, thank you so much for coming to the show. It truly is an honor to have you here. How are you doing today? Doing good. I'm excited. <laughs> yes. All right. So why don't you kick us off with maybe like earthly details? Like, I know virtually nothing about you besides what you publish. You are fascinating, but what does Nick Zai do? What is his mission? Where does he live? Um, tell us about the earthly details. Yeah, that's alarming. Uh, that <laughs> that you don't know anything about me. That that makes me think. Well, maybe I should do some more background videos on myself. But um, yeah, so I mean, I live right now in Nashville. Going forward, gonna live at Airbnbs. I really like living the nomadic life in general. And uh, really, I guess my mission or what I what I really enjoy doing is helping others and and doing so in a way that I feel like is unique and that can relay concepts to open people's mind to give them a moment of transcendence that so that they can realize that things are much bigger than maybe the personal problems and that it's worth it to see beyond yeah because a lot of what you do is breaking down these concepts that are maybe impressive at first but once you dive deeper you can find a lot of information a lot of explanation to some things that we that are challenging on our day-to-day life and you do you do such a wonderful job at breaking it down so is that like your core mission what is your mission behind like your TikTok or your youtube channel do you want to bring this to more people because there's there truly is value behind all of that like if i take the loved one or journey of souls that you so brilliantly bring to general <laughs> souls like us here yeah so i would say that i'm just here to have some have some transcendence of just I come in like everyone else. We don't remember anything. And I feel mm -hmm. like I've been gifted the opportunities to have these moments that seemed like they really sucked to then see the blessings in them. And through my life experience, I've just kind of found things along the way that have helped me. And then I, I relay those. That's really kind of kind of where I'm at. I feel like I'm here to embody the knowledge as well as not just relay it. I don't really see myself as just a reporter of information but i do my best to like share my own story but again i must not be sharing that enough if you don't know anything so uh <laughs> that's okay that's just the way she goes yeah because there's this thing that says knowledge is wisdom but i truly believe that embodied knowledge is wisdom or applied knowledge is wisdom because just to give a little bit of background information to the listeners i found you like i think last august and i dove deep like this was one of the rabbit holes maybe i was medicated on a mary jane but like i was just scrolling scrolling endlessly all night like i <laughs> i kid you not it was like my <laughs> evening ritual and I was in this part of my life where I was craving knowledge, craving understanding, but I didn't see any shift, like no matter how many books I was reading. But yeah, I didn't see any shift. And you said you want to be the embodiment of that knowledge, because I feel like it is truly how you're going to not only see shift in your own experience of reality, but that you will inspire other people to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I find like for me, I, I've learned I'm just here to speak what's worked for me. And then sometimes that'll help people and sometimes it won't because everybody's at, you know, their own point in their own experience of being human. So for me now, it's I'm not trying to do anything in particular besides share what I find intriguing and that's helped me. And then, you know, it, hopefully it helps and it seems to be, you know. Yeah, hopefully helps. It seems to be helping clearly. And it's not it's not it's not like it's anything that was invented last year. Like it's 
ancient knowledge. And the, one of the reasons why I like to have people on this show is to share about our healing journey. Um, and you're more than welcome to go as deep and personal or as shallow as you desire. But have you always been attracted to this? Or was it like night and day moment? Did you discover something that truly made you dive into this type of knowledge? How did it come to your awareness? And how did it impact you in your own personal journey, as you say, because some people might see healing and it is like it's a personal thing, trauma, past upbringing. But personally, when I found about all of this knowledge around the universe, consciousness, how we're all connected, it kind of opened the door to more like I'm not gonna judge other people because I would be judging myself. It really helped me in my own healing and understanding of others. So to kind of circle things back to a tangible question, mm -hmm. was it always around you? Do you come from a very woke family? Yeah, what's the background? Or did it, did you stumble upon something that kickstarted everything? Or was it something that you always were around? Yeah, I I just realized that I the place where I am putting all the information about this, and, and I'll talk about it as much as I can fit in here, but I do have an upcoming book, and in that book, I talk all about this. So I have I am kind of aware that I haven't talked about it enough, so I'm putting it somewhere. But um, you've heard right. it here first, <laughs> <laughs> right? So um, for me, I was raised in a very traditional Western church-based family. Uh, my dad was Catholic, but he wasn't really that serious about it and my mom wasn't super serious either so i mean he, he would make me go to church and i really didn't want to and that was a whole thing growing up between him and me i was really deep into video games for a large portion of my life i didn't really have any uh addictions that i struggled with besides gaming gaming was like my escape of reality and th i think that was the first hint like i was in games so much especially like fantasy based games where there were spells there was things like this and it really opened me up to well maybe this could have happened before or maybe this is accessible by something i didn't really know that consciously at the time but looking back it makes a lot of sense then just kind of went through my life and when i was graduating college, I went to Phoenix. I was living in Michigan, born and raised in Michigan. Not born, I was born in Tampa, Florida, but for most of my life, I lived in Michigan. So I moved all the way to Phoenix and I did a physical therapy internship and I was waiting tables at the time, just getting by. And somebody had mentioned to me at my job, look at the symbolism in this video. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean symbolism? Like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And so then, so then, it was um, a music video, a negative distorted music video. Mm. And and we can talk about the difference between positive and negative in the unity and all that at some point if you want. But when I saw that information and I saw what it, I was like, no, <laughs> there's so much that I don't know. And so that sent me down a long rabbit hole of understanding the negative. So I very much was getting into yep. how bad the world was from that perception and all the things wrong with it first. And then I kind of came to this point of there's nowhere to go from here. Yeah, you, you got to pick yourself up at some point or you have to start to see you, you this isn't going to get you anywhere by seeing it as negative. Like I, it's just a perpetual spiral down and down and down in shame and guilt. And, yeah. And a judgment. And so then I at some point through no real trial of my own i wasn't trying to do this but i came across youtube i think it was youtube recommended videos of just the opposite which is more like wayne dyer a lot of muji a lot of Taoism, and eastern philosophy so mm -hmm. then i started to really explore that and i started to understand the big picture more and then i came across the uh, science stuff which is more you are the placebo by joe dispensa was one of the books that really interested me at the beginning and I read that book around the same time that I read The Law of One. And those two books really opened me up. And that's why I still talk to, about The Law of One to this day, because it blew my mind so wide open that there could be much more happening here and it could make sense in some respects. So when I say like at the beginning that I'm really just here to help people with what helped me, that's really what I mean. Like I read these books and I see the power in different perspectives. So, you know, I don't just talk about the law of one. I talk about many different books, but for me, it's been a game changer to take philosophies and understandings and perceptions from other people and link it. That's why in my bio, it's linking science, spirituality, 
and self-realization because it's like I feel like those are connected. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a common ground between different school of thoughts. And I love how you kind of took all of these blocks and put them together to kind of make your own flavor. Because I feel there's a trap in personal development where you will stick to one teacher or one source only. And it's by, you know, expanding these different sources and see what applies to you that you can see what applies to you and how. It can help you view your own world. Something that you said, well, video game. And for those listening, Nick has an endless playlist of that topic, the universe being a video game. So I don't know how much we can squeeze into a one hour episode, but I would love to you to maybe expand on that. How is the universe a video okay. game? <laughs> yeah, that's a... That's a really the reason I have so many podcasts on that is because it's such a complex thing. And I I came across it because I was playing video games and I saw the similarities between video games and our lives and also video games in the simulation theory, because a lot of the times in mm. and high level theoretical physicists and stuff like that will talk about that reality is a simulation. And I so I studied that there's actually a book called Simulation Hypothesis that I have that I read recently that I hadn't read until like in the last couple of months, and I'm like, oh, this is saying exactly basically what I'm saying, but in a more detailed way. Mm -hmm. And that book was written by a theoretical physicist. A lot of words there. <laughs> <laughs> but so when I say the universe is a game, what I'm really getting at is that what we see as physical, that there seems to be more beyond what we're experiencing and that would make sense in the respect that if i'm playing a video game and i'm really into it it feels like that's all that's going on but then when i when i stop playing i exist outside the video mm -hmm. game and so when i'm saying universe is a game i'm saying it's kind of like the same thing that we as souls exist outside of the physical reality and then there's a lot of evidence to back that up yeah no i mean there's the book's Journey of Souls by Dr. Michael Newton that, oh, by the way, I was reading it, the, listening to it the other day. And there was a portion of it he was saying about like how these souls, when someone dies, you kind of meet your soul tribe, people from past lives. And I just started crying. I got so emotional for some reason. And I feel like I have this longing for home, this longing for my tribe. And a lot of my listeners and followers do have this same feeling. So while I have you here, do you have some sort of explanation? Like, was my soul triggered by it because I myself am looking for my people? Is it a common theme here? Is it happening because are we changing dimension? What's going on, Nick? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have all the answers, that's for sure. But uh, I can tell you what I've come across. So for me, it's kind of like when we hear certain information, I believe that it triggers remembrance within us that we might not be able to logically explain. And there's actually, according to the book Journey of Souls, there's actually times in your life where you'll have events play out and right before you incarnate, you go to basically this remembrance area or you do go to a study. And then there's certain parts of your life that you're supposed to, or that the goal is, is that you see like a billboard or you, you hear this information and it's like, boom, I was supposed to remember mm. this. Like this was one of the things that I wanted to use in the spirit world to remember mm -hmm. to awaken in the game. Yeah, there is like, we choose lessons, we choose things and people to trigger back. And there's just so much to expand on. Um, but something that you've helped me understand is like you're kind of wearing your body as a remote to play in the video game. And there is actually something that Elon Musk said, right, that at some point video games or advanced reality is going to be so advanced and that you're going to you're not going to be able to distinguish reality from something that is AR. Um, and then he said, what if that's what happened in the past? And we're in that. So I was like, oh, food for thoughts, definitely. But then I was like, is it because that's something human yeah. created? Or is it an analogy for what's actually going on? Like, this is a simulation. This is the and reality, quote unquote, is like when you're dead, basically, because Earth, I see it as a booth cam, quote unquote. And we come here hmm. to learn lessons to expand as a soul. But then we forget. Because yeah. it needs to be a fair game yeah. for everyone. Um, 
So you want me to expand on that? Absolutely. I really like that, uh, that concept. And the way that I was actually about to make a video on this, actually, so very interesting that you mentioned this. I was going to make a video about the, and this is just something that I've been contemplating for a long time, the difference between Elon Musk's argument of simulation and what many spiritual texts have been saying. And so let's just take the law of one perspective so that we can use a framework to understand this concept. And the law of one says things that many other books say, that basically we are all one being, right? We're all one, one consciousness, we're all unified right. at our core. So the way that that fits into the simulation argument and creation in general, in the creation stories of many different religions, traditions, and texts, I, I would see it as this. In the beginning, there was infinity, and infinity became aware. It, that made it intelligent infinity because it was able to then create something because unity is the thing that allows for things to exist. There can't just be separation because there would be no bodies. So bodies are unifying and separating to a certain respect that it allows us to experience anything. Now, let's just keep this very simple so that it makes sense. In the law of one, there are seven densities in this octave or in this universe, okay? And then after this, there's the eighth density or the next octave, okay? So imagine that if we were to think of the universe as music at the very, very beginning, or I don't even know if you'd call it a beginning. For our linear minds, it would make sense to think of it as a beginning. Let's just imagine that there's one being, just like in the the argument by Elon Musk, in the, there's an ancestor simulation. There's simulations on top of simulations until you get to the original one. That's his argument. This is also the Neil deGrasse Tyson argument. If you were to have an infinite amount of simulations and you threw a dart on a wall, how would you know which one was the original one? What are your chances that you would be in the original one, is what he said. And to me, it's like, well, uh, there was originally, there is, and I've had experiences that kind of confirm this, that at the core is unity. And this is what the law of one says. There's no separation, mm -hmm. there's only identity, and that everything is identity. Mm -hmm. And so at, at, at the beginning of everything, or at the core of everything is unity, that's what I would say real reality is. This is what Eastern tradition has called the I am awareness, the pure awareness. And so I would say that when you say what is real, I'd say it all is relatively real, but yet at the core, the when they say what is the original one, I would say that the original, your true nature is that, and then everything beyond that you could consider to be a simulation, but the simulation is how that oneness or one infinite creator experiences itself. So everything will mm -hmm. always be a simulation because the only thing that is real is awareness, which is love, unity, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, because like, where is this consciousness? Like this unity consciousness, I'm not picturing it being in a simulation itself, or maybe it is, because everything's like cyclical and comes back. Yeah, so how I would imagine it is that the simulations are happening within the tapestry, but the tapestry is infinite. So it's like the tapestry moves up, but it's never fully separated. So that consciousness is non-local, but it still is able to perceive things as other. Like if you if you were to come up, let's let's imagine that you had a a blanket. I get here. I got a, I got a good analogy. Imagine that you have like a coat like this. Imagine if you're a one infinite consciousness. You're going to have one, like, you would basically be up like this. And then, but this all still is the one consciousness and you've never separated. And then I see you over there, but you're up this, you're up like this too. So I can perceive you because I'm a little bit separated to the point where I'm like kind of standing up and I can perceive and I have senses, but you're not actually separate at the core, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like we are, we're always connected by it with like... The divine spark inside of each of us and it's a process of remembering that and yeah that's what i say like infinity kind of separated itself into universes galaxies planets plants animals and we're all mirroring each other so what i see in other in another in an other person is maybe my shadow or something that i have in myself because we're all trying to understand each other and to kind of circle back things to negative, there is this agenda or negatively tinted ego trying to further this separation from it, from consciousness. 
Can you expand on that? Like, what's your take on that? How big is it in our daily life? Well, from one perspective, you could say that everything beyond awareness is ego. So I wouldn't say that it's negative in its nature. I would say that we had to have a a way for us to experience reality. And if if we're talking about simulations, and we're talking about what is real, and uh, we're talking about negative, a uh, really good analogy for this would be to talk about how in the law of one, there's positive and negative. And what that really means is that there's service to self and service to others. You could say from one perspective that service to self is ego, but there is a level uh, in which you would say the sixth density that you basically, you let go of the polarization, either positive or negative, and you embrace what I call the whole magnet. Everything is one being. And so when we think of a magnet, there's a north and there's a south, but in our experience, a lot of the times it it's hard to see that the negative is the same thing as at its core as you because we are beyond our experiences and and so when you think about the the concept of the ego it's it's really just this thing that we believe to be and so it plays a big role in our life because the thing that causes us to suffer is our perception of reality and of ourselves. And so that would be something that allowed us to survive in the past. So when we were more primitive species, our ability to focus on ourselves allowed us to survive a lot longer than many other things. So it's not necessarily bad, but there becomes a point in the evolution of consciousness that you no longer need that. It's like the game we're playing here is survival into uh, really thrival in communication and unity. So it, it's just, there becomes a point where we as a society or as a collective decide that it's not better to have just for myself, but rather sharing and caring for others to a certain extent while is also taking care of myself to some respect. Right, because I hear so many people say ego death, ego disintegration, and I think just like in the sixth octave or sixth density, pardon me, this kind of integrates with the wholeness of the being that you become. It's sort of what we are emulating here, like integrating this ego part of ourselves. Because as you said, it helped us survive. And today we react the same when in traffic or a boss yelling at us. Um, yeah. The ego, the subconscious is blind. We see with our conscious mind. So we react the same, but by integrating this shorter part of ourself helps us ask more compassion for others and more compassion for yourself and indeed transcend. There's something you said about being polarized, positive and negative. And I think there's a 95 and a 5%, a uh, 50% and plus. My question is, while I have you on the show, what happens if we don't polarize, if we just stay in the middle? And I know there's a cycle, a 26,000 yeah. year cycle. And I heard you say that if you don't, ascend, you kind of go back through the same cycle. My question is, let's say you were this close from <laughs> polarizing. Do you stay this close for the whole 26,000 years? Yeah. Like all of your incarnation are going to be at like the maximum level that you can sort of be. And then at the end of the cycle, you're granted ascensions because ascension because you were so close. What's up, gorgeous soul? I hope you're finding value in this episode so far because I am. And I wanted to take a quick second to invite you for a free breathwork class that is going to take place twice a month on both the full moon and the new moon. And yes, you've heard me right. It's absolutely free. I'm a huge fan of breathwork and I'm a firm believer that everybody should be practicing conscious breathing regularly because it has so many positive benefits that I am able to notice in myself, in my own well-being and overall quality of life. Examples of such benefits are more peace and ease in my daily life, less intrusive thoughts. I can manage my stress and my emotions a lot better. I'm more confident, energized. And if I could just put it all out simply, breathwork showed me what it feels like to feel safe in my body, to love my body and to truly embody my skin rather than just thinking or saying that I love and feel safe in my own skin. 
time. This event is going to happen twice a month. So upcoming dates are the 11th of August for the full moon in Capricorn. The theme of this session is going to be deep emotional release. And then on the 27th of August, we're going to be in for the full moon in Capricorn again. That's going to be all about setting intentions for the month of September. So if you want to come breathe with us this month, all you need to do is go to my stand store that's in my TikTok and Instagram link in bio and register for our monthly breathwork. The link is also going to be in the show notes. So we've made it super convenient for you to register. I'm super excited to breathe you guys. And on that note, let's dive right back into the episode. Yeah, so that's a lot of questions there. Let me uh, let me go back to the beginning. <laughs> so reincarnation, if you don't reach the 50% or more in service to others, then you just keep reincarnating over and over. Because it's like, according to law of one, remember, this isn't me. This is just what the I teach the what the law of one says, because I, I think that it helps. Right. So when it comes to reaching that percentage, I would imagine it like the the way to complete this level of the game would be to either be 50% or more in service to others or 95% or more in service to yourself. Now, this is a really interesting concept because a lot of people will immediately have questions as to what is service to self versus service to others. And I just think it's important to state that service to others can be through your state of being and also in what you do. It doesn't mean that you have to go out and do charity and reach this 50%. It just means in one respect being loving kind compassionate just nice to people more than you're not because remember it's just 50 percent. you just got to be more loving than you're not so that's important to, yeah. to kind of distinguish i would say yeah and i feel like this can lift a weight off of so many people's shoulders because even if people are not aware of this ascension thing self-care sometimes looks selfish because people will be like oh how dare you think of yourself before anybody else but what they mean is how dare you not think of me first like people are kind of projection projecting their own selfishness onto people who who are taking care of themselves but as you said like healing um going doing the work committing to the work is in a way service to others as you're healing the collective trauma healing collective consciousness and expanding it yeah i i think it's really important to distinguish that your intention behind what you're doing is probably one of the most important aspects so if your intention with taking care of yourself is to get yourself into a place where you feel like is much better for your state of being then there's no way that's going to be a negative polarization because your intention is to heal and to to be loving and compassionate and that is purely positive a negative polarization would never think about that right they would be the one who just wants things to be at the top of the hierarchy to be the one that has the most control and power and you can see that playing out in our society this is something i argue with a lot of people and kind of the maybe the shadow side of awakening trying to prove other people but it's kind of a trap do you think like there's a thing that says that there's the one percent controlling the population there's four percent puppets five percent trying to awaken the rest of them 90 percent. would you say that the one percent is polarized 95 percent to self because they want to have all the riches of the world they want to control everything is that how it looks like so i don't know about the percentages uh on that but i would say that Anyone who basically wants to be at the top of the hierarchy to dominate other people, you can consider them trying to polarize negative. Even some of the most what people think of as evil people that ever were on this planet, a lot of them didn't even reach that 95% because it's very difficult to do. Just understand that you're not going to get to 95% on accident. <laughs> If that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> you don't just wake right. up 95% negatively polarized. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had one of your friend Vincent, yeah. uh, Cassius King. He's all about extraterrestrials. And some of them are indeed, you know, polarized into fear, like those lower vibrations. They're lower vibrational beings. Do you think that maybe like humans are not necessarily those who will graduate 95% or those like other forms of life? I would say for our galaxy, it's pretty, uh, pretty similar in terms of the requirements for third density. So whatever race of ETs you are, I would see that the process is the same. It's not just Earth, it's any planet 
in the third because the third density is basically overarchingly the density uh, it's kind of like there's an ocean and then if you go so far down there's a certain amount of pressure and certain bodies can only withstand a certain amount of pressure so the third density would be down there in order to get to the next pressure you would activate what the law of one calls your fourth density body as well densities okay i heard you say that we are going in through into like literally a denser part of the galaxy where the body will have to lighten up like become higher frequency in order to withstand where we are do you feel like this one percent is trying to keep us down i mean i think the one percent is <laughs> trying to polarize they're they're i mean they're just trying to polarize they're not they're getting what they want through us basically but i mean i don't see it as a bad thing i don't see the the negative as a bad thing and the reason why is because the I would not be where I am without the polarization on the planet by the negative because it helped me to see. So I, I needed that to some respect in order to be awakened. So while while they might have this agenda to do certain things and to the negativity, it, I, I see it as just part of the evolution of humanity. They're doing it for themselves. And yes, you made a point here, like some people, well, the Matrix, quote unquote, is here for to teach us something some, like being able to see it, learn our lessons. And as you said, like you, you see it now. It served your purpose and more and more people are seeing it indeed. Like we created that and we get to choose. Right, and so real quick, so let me expand on, on the fourth density bodies. I would say that it's geometric. It's, it's not necessarily random. The law of one says it. it's like the striking upon the clock on an hour that it's like this is the time that this happens so i would say there's much more order in the universe than people think and that it's just the geometry of us moving around in um, in certain cycles because the cycles track the geometry that's why the minds knew what they did because they they understood the geometry and the cycles because they were much more intelligent and and they knew much more than a lot of people give them credit for oh my god and like the audacity that people have to say we are the most advanced humanity has ever been i'm like don't you even watch gaia tv <laughs> well i think it depends on what you mean by advanced too because yeah. i think we're advanced maybe in a lot different way and i wouldn't say that it's better it depends on what your definition to me an advanced society would be one of love and compassion and that's advanced to have a, to a collective be able to be at that point so we're not yeah. there so i would say it's just relative yeah it is totally relative it is relative and you say it's a great time to be alive that's something i hear you say a lot and i agree because the darkness is so visible now and i feel it's pushing people to see it more and it's becoming a lot harder to deny it so people cling onto their ego and they're like no i was right my whole life i've seen things the way i've seen them and that's how they are but there's more and more arguments that i don't want to say we but that are usable to direct people into this love and light direction and it's more it makes it makes more sense and it feels nicer to go in this direction like why would i fight against myself why would i perpetuate these lies when this love and light ideology is much more nicer like who doesn't want an earth free of pollution so it's a great time to be alive but it's also challenging like i face a lot of these other people resisting so how do you well, I have you, if you can give some tricks to one of my listeners, they also battle with this. How do you remain in your embodied awareness, compassion, like central channel and not resist, but not necessarily fall into this urge of proving people wrong? Because that's something a lot of people ask me. and I'm like, I don't know. I just I just snap back. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one anyone in the online space will deal with at some point. And just in general, in this reality, I think something that really helped me was to just see everything, everything is subjective. While somebody might have an opinion about me, that's subjective because I can ask the next person right next to them and they're going to think something completely different. And so I, one of the things I learned from stoicism was what I do and don't have control of. They were very big on that, very practical in their philosophies. I don't have any control over what other people think of me. No matter how hard I try or want, it will only cause me mm -hmm. to suffer by, by caring or by trying to convince 
because I'm sure just like you know, when people aren't ready, mm -hmm. they aren't ready. <laughs> so all you can do is uh, maintain what you believe to be the case or what you perceive to be the case. And this is something that uh, many of the ancient in Indian traditions and self-realization traditions were about. And by Indian, I mean uh, country of India. So they have been really big for many, many years on seeing reality a very specific way. And a lot of the times in the past, how they've done that is by isolation. They're not the only ones that have done that. A lot of uh, Zen traditions, you go and you live in a monastery, right? You probably heard of that. And so in this day and age, just understand that the people that knew the truth or that knew high level concepts, they, they had to isolate themselves because they knew that certain people weren't ready. And this is a trying time to live because we're not isolating, but yet we're still relaying the concepts that they, <laughs> that they're isolating for. So it's like, I just understand that from a certain level, a certain point in my life, I would have said that's BS too. And I just kind of relate back to that. And I say, you know what, you think what you want. And, um, I know that the people that are ready to hear will hear and the people that are ready to listen will listen. Yeah, because like these people would isolate, but we have platforms nowadays like podcasts and TikTok to not only have people back in the sub, but exchange and expand on these knowledge. And these people who are not ready to awaken or heal or see evil, it's their ego. And the ego is this beautiful, gorgeous way of protecting you as a child. That's what kept you alive, really. So. I see that there's a lot of compassion to have for those people because they that's like their views of the world is what kept them alive on a core level. So I can't just arrive with my knowledge and baggage and be like, your entire life is wrong. So <laughs> <laughs> although it's very tempting, yep. my ego also wants to prove itself right because the ego wants to survive both figuratively and literally you don't want to die you don't want your body to die but you also want your ideologies to survive and be confirmed like the confirmation bias is real for anybody so to have a lot of compassion for those people yeah and allowing them you know everybody's figuring it out and i feel like if if this journey of souls is correct on how this planet works and it's not just journey of souls it's dolores cannon's work in between life and death uh, many lives many masters dr brian weiss and there's many 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 other past life books out there and then the uh, university of virginia studies where they would have children who had marks on their body in certain spots and then what ended up happening was that they started to remember uh, a quick caveat is they had to be uh below seven i think it was was the specific age but there was there was other extreme cases where they could also remember later in life but these young young children could remember where their body if somebody offed them in a last life if somebody or if they died in a specific way they could literally remember it and solve crime cases and then they had the marks on their body to confirm wow. that so that the university wow. of virginia stuff to me is the most compelling evidence that we have that reincarnation is a thing and and no but i was going to say like weren't there kids who were able to like find a location of a dead body but they had no correlation with that person but they remember from a past life maybe they were the murderer in a past life that's completely insane and like to uh, piggyback on the seven-year-old mark from zero to seven you're on a hypnosis state you probably know that but that's when all of your programming is most susceptible but that's also when you are closest to the lives between lives so you have a lot more access to these things and even kids with add or schizophrenia all of these quote-unquote diseases that we put big pharma and pills on when they're nurtured early enough like in my culture, I am First Nation, Canada. My ancestors, they would nurture and pamper those with schizophrenia to direct their hallucination and have them be able to control them, but also get into a state where they could hallucinate and get downloads from spirit and get like when the crops are going to be most you know, um, it's when it's going to be best to harvest, when it's, when it's going when it's going to rain, but also when is another tribe going to attack and even further, like who murdered this person? Like, as you were saying, like these crimes, it's all correlated. So it's insane <laughs> to just, Hey, I mean, if, if children can remember this stuff and 
they have no connection. There's no way that they would know about it, and it's scientifically, statistically significant. Love one, which means uh, the University of Virginia studies on reincarnation. That's what I'm talking about. That these kids could remember. So if it has that much evidence, I would say there's got to be something to it. And you know, I'm not. I by the way want to say. I'm just out here exploring what could be and what might be, and then I'm letting people decide, you know, what it, what is it? Like, what do you think it is? And that's been something that's been key for me. It's like, I'm not trying to tell you what it is and what it isn't. I'm just trying to give you a perspective and then you decide. Yeah, and like for people listening, it's like, I always use the analogy of the flat earth or round earth. I can firmly believe one or the other. But until I experience it for myself, until I see it, I'm not going to be able to say 100%. I am convinced that the Earth's flat or it's round. It's the same for anybody, any knowledge around here. Like people will cling to, no, there's no life after death. But you could benefit from this open-mindedness and curiosity. I think it was Dr. Michael Newton who wanted to prove there was no life after that or another doctor, but they ended up proving otherwise because they had this childlike curiosity. They were open-minded and they were not so firm on their position. They were open to more. And I feel like more people could, as you say, like if it yeah. resonates, take it. If it doesn't, find your own truth. Yeah, that's where science has kind of gone wrong nowadays. It's that it's so firm in what it thinks it knows versus what could be. When to me, true science is the study of what could be. And that's why Nikola Tesla said that, who I share a birthday with, by the way, and, and the name Nikola. <laughs> but um, what, what, one of the most interesting things he said was that the day that science begins to study non-physical phenomena, society will progress more than it has in its history in like the very like 10 20 30 40 50 years like it will you'll see a massive change because the, the non-physical is so hard to uh, understand when you come from such a materialistic evolutionary stage so what we're going through right now is like one of the hardest leaps for humanity to ever yeah. make so that's why it's like i understand why people don't get it yet but i feel like we're gonna keep getting evidence that just keeps on showing this is this probably is the case. This probably is the case. And so even to the scientific materialist, a lot of the times they'll say, I, I don't believe in anything I don't see. And I'm like, but what about radio waves? Yeah. <laughs> radio waves you can't see. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? So just with that simple concept, you can see, well, there's probably things that exist that I can't see. There might be, if we can only see this tiny sliver, you know, From, like, the whole light. Strikes of, yeah, exactly. Even like, what is it like bats they communicate through ultrasound or like whales there are sounds you cannot even perceive so like the audacity that the human is like whatever i cannot perceive with the senses of my meat suit doesn't exist i'm like mm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that yeah we'll see we'll see about that and uh I mean, there's a million and one things we could talk about in this conversation. And like in your little questionnaire, you said anything. So I didn't quite prepare the questions, but this was a very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for accepting my invitation and sharing with us here with the listeners. Do you have any last word for any maybe impatient souls, some wisdom to share? <laughs> impatient souls. Yes. Hmm. I, I would say to someone who's feeling impatient to ask themselves, what do they want? And when you ask yourself, what do you want? It, maybe it's a material thing. It depends on what you're impatient about. You want to be at a certain position in your life. And then ask yourself, why do you want to be there so bad right now? And see if it's possible that maybe it's because you'll feel a certain way. And if that is possible, then ask yourself, is it also possible that I could feel the feeling of completeness of wholeness or of just happiness of joy in this moment without having getting that thing or doing that thing and this is the key to self-realization this is also the key to letting go of attachments while you're still able to choose what it is that you desire because to me desire is not a bad thing it's not bad for you to want things the the, the time that desire becomes a hindrance is when it causes you to develop attachment and then that attachment is then what causes you to suffer 
So we can prefer to do things. We can prefer to be yeah. a certain way. We can prefer to experience a life of riches. That I don't think that that inherently is the issue. The issue is that when it causes you to suffer because you're not there yet. So then just begin to see how can I get there but not suffer along the way. Then you st might start to come across people like here's some references for those that are impatient. I would research Joseph Rodriguez on YouTube. He's an amazing teacher about entrepreneurs and even in general how to live a life understanding the law of assumption neville goddard um a lot of these teachings think and grow rich when it, that's a lot of things people struggle with is a lot of people struggle with abundance and material wealth they want that really bad they want the end results without enjoying the journey right and one of the most profound books about that is think and grow rich and it seems like it's a very dumb book by the cover for someone spiritual but it really is very helpful in understanding how to have a level of control over what happens to you and to change your life into a way that you can live feeling the end result now and that the feeling is the secret and that when you do that that's the essence of manifestation culture really is that you f like true manifestation to me is when you feel it when you feel the abundance the joy now and you can consistently feel that and then take the actions as though you were that person the identity change that many books talk about if you make that identity change then reality will bend to the will in your micro reality and you'll experience that which you prefer yeah exactly like by feeling the feelings you will tell universe consciousness how you want to be feeling and you open the doors to so many opportunities that will make you feel like that likes attract likes exactly so yeah yeah you got to overcome yourself it's really what it is it's it's about transcending your current self because it's not working for you right if you're impatient if you're suffering something's not working and it's not that you're not working it's that something that you're doing and you're participating in whether it's even your own belief in your own thoughts it's not there's something that's off there and so to me, I never guilt or shame anyone if they're impatient, if they're suffering, if they're, if they're sad. It's about just understanding what's going on here and then getting yourself to a place where your perception is efficient for your vision. So if your vision is to have a certain thing, then to change your perception to match that vision. And there's many different teachers you can follow. You know, Dr. Joe and Becoming Supernatural hits on that a lot. Bruce Lipton hits on that. that that's in my book, too. A major part of my book is understanding that you can control your life, you can understand the subconscious, and when you consistently are able to get beyond what you think you are now, even in meditation, which is important, I, I think meditation is one of the most undervalued tools just for getting beyond or letting go or transcending who you think you are so that you can tap into who you might want to be. Because to me, a lot of times I struggled in the past with getting to that place where I actually felt those feelings. Like, how do I feel the feelings of abundance when I'm not there, right? That doesn't make any sense. That's what I used to think. And then I started to understand that in meditation, there are techniques that I can use to let go of who I am right now in this moment. And then when I do that, that's my ticket to the quantum, you could say, the quantum field, the field of potentials that exist beyond what we can perceive. And so once I can get myself into that field, because the, again, the ticket is letting go of my identity, then I can start to tap in with all of my senses to that potential future. And if I can tap into that when I'm in meditation, then the goal will then be when I'm outside of meditation to be able to also tap into that massively. And then when I'm tapped into that, I'm probably not going to want to do the same things that I did that are, aren't serving me. I'm probably not going to want to work with impatience because it doesn't help me to get there. And so then it really just becomes about efficiency in that sense. Yeah, stretching that muscles, getting a taste of what it's like, and then bring it into your reality, your day-to-day -day life. And yeah, I feel it's so necessary because we can get lost in all of the knowledge like I've been. But at the end of the day, it's coming back to yourself, asking you the right questions and following that direction, following your intuition, your vision on a day-to-day -day life. So thank you for these words of wisdom, Nick. Um, I definitely manifested this when I had the idea of starting a podcast. You were one of my top dream guests and it happened today. So thank you again for accepting my invitation. Truly was an honor. Let's go, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Now, yeah, where can the children find you? Do you have a special offer? Can we link the book in the show notes? 
Uh, the book is right now. My uh, my girlfriend is finishing up the editing of the book, and so it's not completely out and finished yet. It, it's been a process of writing a book. I respect anyone who has went through this process. So it, by the end, uh, probably around early May, definitely around early May, it'll be out on Amazon. You can get it wherever. And uh, the name of the book is called Ten Secrets of Awakening. And in this book. I go through the, the hopefully the practical. My my goal with the book is to practically help you to understand things like you said, but then also do exactly what you said because it was beautiful wording what what you said right before this was Thank that you. it's like it's not just about understanding the universe. It's about how can you implement this understanding to help you to self-realize to un, to attain a level of of letting go of attachment so that you can live in a state of love or joy of peace or of logic or even of courage whatever that whatever you really desire and i think that that is possible so that's a the goal of the book is to go through the secrets that a lot of times people aren't ready to hear <laughs> but the book is is like uh, this is my container to yes. give you everything that i got to understand reincarnation, the law of one, a lot of topics we talked about. I hit uh, a major portion of the book is about the subconscious mind and the different ways that that works because I feel like the thing that stops a lot of people is their own thoughts and their own feelings when it comes to how you want to feel versus how you feel right now. And that's a, a major process of how can I help there because I feel like if humanity right. can get to a place of empowerment through understanding the relationship between the subconscious, the thoughts, and the feelings, this is how practically people will be able empowered. And then at that point, you're going to be open to many of the things that you might not have been open to because it was your own perception that was getting in your own way of your own evolution. So, but yeah, the book is, the book will be finished at the end of April, early May, and I'll let you know in we can put it in the show notes at that point, but you know you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. And uh, Instagram and TikTok is just nick.zei. Very simple. That's right. Nick's eye. Yes. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so all of Nick's, you're so welcome, Nick. You're so welcome. All of Nick's links will be in the show notes. Again, as within, so without. Things aren't complicated, but they're also very simple at the end of the day. So thank you everyone for listening and I'll see you next week for the next episode of the Billboard Podcast. All right, gorgeous soul. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode of the Billboard Podcast. If you find value in this episode, please go ahead and leave the show a five-star review. Not only does it allow me to keep doing my thing, but it also brings the show to more people. And if you've learned something, why don't you take your contribution one step further by sharing the episode to a friend? I remember in my own personal growth journey, I just loved when people would send me an episode that they thought was really resourceful. So why don't you be that friend? Share the love, share the message, and send this episode to a friend. I thank you in advance. I'm so grateful that you're here. And now, if you'd like to, let's hop right into another episode of the Billboard Podcast.